Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the four-week year anniversary special spectacular of the Wrestler Review. Ladies and gentlemen, there was only one way here at the Wrestler Review we would celebrate our one-year anniversary. What way is it? And that's talking about when you say thermos, I say cock. You say Hogan, I say doesn't want black people having sex with his <laughs> But what happened before that? What happened... Before he was the star, the liberal fucking media <laughs> took down another great American icon. Uh, well, he was in a band where he played a Telecaster that looked like a twig mm-hmm. uh, on his body, and then he started a television show, Thunder in Paradise. In between those two events, I don't know what else happened. Oh wait, he was the greatest wrestler of all time, Ric Flair. Suck it. I will say this. If you look at how quickly someone got wrestling, oh he God. is one of the quickest. Like, and when you understand that we're he, only going to do the first six years of his career, we're, we're doing also the Seven. part of his career which no one talks about. No, yeah, we're doing the fucking Tower of Seven. This guy's career. Um, Does anyone talk about where Tower of Seven went, John? I don't know what the Tower of Seven is. Exactly. What is it? Nine Eleven. Oh. The Tower 7 of Screw. All about oh, 9 11, John. Um, the thing to remember about Hulk Hogan that no one talks about is 9 11 review. He had a career ending injury that he got in the main event of WrestleMania 3 and kept wrestling until four years ago. Yeah, because he did those Ric Flair tours where it was like Ric Flair was like, it's emotional, but goodbye. For the United States, now I'm in Australia. Who wants to fuck? Who wants to fuck? Who wants to fuck? We do. We do. I'm in a financial place where I don't need to wrestle anymore. What's that? Let's get divorced. Hello, other woman. (laughs) Vince, I need to wrestle again. Uh, No, Rick. All right. See you later. This man is literally, I think I saw some, it was like some marketing poll and the most recognizable the most recognizable American figures are like McDonald's. It's something like McDonald's, the Dallas Cowboys, and Hulk Hogan. Absolutely. No, McDonald's, the Yankees, Cowboys, and Hogan. Yeah. Levi so like, Jeans, Hulk Hogan. Say that again? Hulk Hogan. What was that? Is that Danish? No, that's just every accent rolled into one. Whoa! Hulk Hogan. Can you do that again? Hulk Hogan. <laughs> that was really good. Hulk John. Hogan. Really good at being offensive. Uh, that's something the liberal media would say. Well, liberal media is going to need to park it because guess what? The cucks are in fucking the kitchen. The cucks are in the kitchen? The cucks are in the kitchen and they're serving up a hot stew of Hogan. <laughs> now, we do pre record these and I am very worried that. Maybe uh, maybe maybe someone doesn't listen to this through, and the cock starts being you is like basically goes through a whole thing, and that's like a, it's like a slur. Yeah. By no, the time. Yeah, that's a good. point. We are recording this in 2012. Yeah, we are recording this in. Uh, yeah, it Morocco, is. 2012. Barack yeah. Obama has just become the president again. Just become the president. We're gonna have to assume that Hillary Clinton will win in 2016 because there's no viable candidates. Three side. years ago, I was working at Bubba Love Sponge's house, and Hulk Hogan did some stuff with his wife. I don't. Maybe it will get out. Maybe it won't. That last episode, I kind of want. We can't. The year is 1976. A young guitar player. No, the year is 1953. Oh, when okay? he was born. Yes, that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's you. Here's me. Yes, when he was born, John. 
you fucking idiot. Oh, okay, good. Fucking go. You fucking, you, you fucking, fucking cunt. <laughs> you fucking cunt Hulk Hogan never drew a fucking dime except all that you did. You're the biggest star ever, but I do not acknowledge you because you couldn't go an hour. I don't acknowledge that fucking cunt because he's too fucking big. Here's what I fucking know. If Bill Watts doesn't like you, neither do I fucking <laughs> do you, fucking cunt. We ordered the shit 20 minutes ago. That's the extent of my Cornette impression. We fucking ordered a fucking wrestler, not some fuck. You don't tear your shirt. You take it off and fold it and give it to a ring girl. <laughs> you, you only got three shirts, you cunt. So Hulk Hogan admittedly was not that aggressive. This sounds weird, but he was not that aggressive a guy. Like He was kind of scared of physical contact. So he played baseball for most of his uh childhood. It's very interesting. He's not a typical wrestling sort of background that he was scouted by the Yankees and the Cincinnati Reds. Yes. Still when Marge Schott was in charge. So you know what that means? She definitely said the word shwoogie in that interview. <laughs> Bro, she was like, uh, do you like him? What you talking about, dude? Are you talking about black people? <laughs> why, why is all this <laughs> Liverpool? black people. Um, for those of you who don't know, Marge Schott was the owner of the Cincinnati Reds and was a devout racist and lover of Hitler. So much, yeah, devoutly, like yeah, like to the point that she was like, "If someone's Jewish, they're not working for me." <laughs> <laughs> they just shielded her from. The- and then finally, in the eighties, the board of directors would be like, "We can't remove her from ownership, but we'll ban her from the stadium." And that's how they finally kind of unseated her from power. It's terrifying. Well, that's why the NBA is great because they were like. Concrete evidence he's a racist. Get him out of the goddamn league. Well, it's kind of funny because he, uh, he, all right, so he grows up in Florida as a teenager. And also, you have to understand that Florida is one of the hotbeds of wrestling. Of throughout the entire they got era. Festivals. <laughs> Dusty Rhodes, who's obviously an influence on I'm Hulk Hogan. The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. I'll be be. You got to know. Okay, they spend it down. The um, idea that I Dusty Rhodes. I spent it down in color greens and I pissed on your mom where she was in her jeans. <laughs> like, you have to understand that some of the, like, without Hulk Hogan, the list of biggest stars in the pre-Hogan era, they are the least fuckable people. Like, Dusty Rhodes is disgusting. Disgusting looking. How fucking dare you body shame Dusty. I'm not body shaming. His face looks so weird when he's young. Yeah, he has effectively almost two lazy eyes. Yeah, and he has... Making him regular eyes. And his baby face just is so creepily pure. Like, it's just... Yeah. Baby, uh, I put better on my skin so I'm smooth all the time. You know, he has like a... If you would say... Because I do want to get into... Uh, we'll get into this later, but... um. He has kind of like the same thing as Hacksaw Jim Duggan, but it's just like Hacksaw Jim Duggan looks like he's just a bit dumber than Dusty. Yeah, he, I would agree. He's like Hacksaw is just like a bit too dumb for you to be like, this guy would be the champion. You'd be like, this guy's probably pretty good at fighting. But then the guy tells him to look at his shoes and he does for the rest of uh, time and space. Yeah, like you know that Hacksaw Jim Duggan has fallen for asshole says what every time it's <laughs> What did I say? I got, I'm spot on with impressions today. That's you're, my hack you're a really you're, That was like four different people at the same time. You're really good at impressions. Which one of you whores is going to show me your nipples? That was an impression oh. of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Dylan just did an impression of himself that was spot on. I would on. never do that. I really want to pet your cat. I, you it's something are that Hogan would never not say. allowed. You um, are not allowed to. So Hulk Hogan was a musician. Have you done any 
reading you read uh, Hulk Hogan's book that Hulk by st- the way has pretty much been discredited. The Hulk still rules book? As a when when you're reading that book you're like no way. Because there's specific stories. I mean, we. I also, by the way, read a PDF version of his second book that came out right after his divorce from <laughs> Linda Hogan, where yeah, he talks yeah. about his uh, the time he almost shot himself in his bathroom. Jesus. And when he describes his bathroom, you're like, I think that's bigger than the house I grew up in. He's talking about. He's like, I had one of the chairs we kept in the bathroom and was sitting looking at the mirror, and I had a gun and a bottle of um, uh, one fifty one rum, and it's like, wait a minute. You had chairs you kept in the bathroom? (laughs) And then I moved the dining table in the bathroom to the dining table on top of the dining table in the triple-decker dining table room. Yeah, you all don't understand that I have a a, a dining table room that's inside the bathroom? I I only shit on dining room tables. (laughs) I have a king-size bed that's only for club sandwiches. Like... Supposedly, the story goes that one time Ric Flair, as a joke, said, "Why do you care what Dave Meltzer says? You have um, ten million dollars in the bank." And he went, "I have twelve million dollars in the bank," <laughs> which is I mean, so he has twelve. That million. is a great Ric Flair Hulk Hogan interview where uh, Ric Flair is just like. This is a very special man to have on this podcast because between him and Conrad, I ask him both for money every week. Oh, my God. That is the weirdest thing. He goes, no, no, no. What he specifically says is um, this is someone you can count on. And then he goes, and by that I mean when you need to borrow money. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like a lot. Like For those of you who don't know, Conrad Murray, I think his name is. Whatever. Either way, he's the guy who hosts Bruce Pritchard's podcast and hosts Ric Flair's podcast. And he's basically a mortgage tycoon of like Arkansas and Alabama that loves Ric Flair and basically is like his supporter financially. Mm-hmm. I just feel really bad for fucking Charlotte because Lord knows she's getting calls from her dad and White Snake songs are in the background. Woo! Baby! I need to <laughs> It's Thursday, and me and Conrad need some fucking money. Honey, woo! You got $1,500 you can western <laughs> in Manhattan. I'm at a strip club in Red Hook called Hookers. Give me Alexa Bliss's mode number. <laughs> Give me that fucking number, bitch. You fucking can't. Uh, Is that Nature Boy Jim yeah. Cornette? Yeah, Nature Boy Jim Cornette. <laughs> woo! You fucking can't. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely profound, and by that I mean all my clothes are no longer stained with mustard, you fucking cunt. It's been 40 fucking minutes since we ordered that goddamn <laughs> cocaine, you fucking cunt. You call this a kamikaze, it's supposed to have cheese on it, you cunt. Hulk Hogan, uh, st- training as a wrestler, loved Dusty Rhodes growing up, because he grew up in Florida. You're around wrestling in the same way that you'd be around football when you're in Texas, or you're around being a goddamn man in the towns that me and Dylan grew up. Yeah. Also, he has this weird thing where he... Uh, so, basically, uh, superstar Billy Graham is just becoming... Not just becoming, but he's an established draw now, and no one's ever really looked like well, that What's before. More, also more important is he's an established draw, and he was done to... Give the territory a rest. How Vince Sr. booked the territory is he put a long-term champion that would appeal to one of the ethnic bases in New York, and then the other ethnic bases would come watch their uncrowned champion try and challenge for him. And they put that on Billy Graham for a year so that they could rest up everyone else because they were transitioning away from San Martino and wanting to build towards Bob Backlund. 
Um, because, what did Backlund represent? Because Bob Backlund would represent upstate New York and uh, Connecticut, so he would be the white meat baby faced all American guy. Okay, they, and then what's? But why is why is superstar Billy Graham the go between? The go between is because he doesn't represent anyone, and he's the only time they used a heel champion in that territory. Yeah. Uh, the other thing you need to understand is Billy Graham fucking popped the houses like crazy because they were having yeah. huge problems moving on after San Martino. One of the people they tried to use was Pedro Morales, and I'm quoting a bunch of different sources on this. The reason why they took the belt off Pedro, too many stabbings in Madison Square Garden, apparently. Which I'm sure was won once. I guarantee it was one that was an Irish guy and another Irish guy arguing <laughs> over who's better, the Mets now or the Mets later on. <laughs> I think this Nolan Ryan guy is gonna be good. Uh, and also, Billy Graham is fucking the. You have to understand, there's no pomp and circumstance, no music or anything when he comes to the ring. He looks so crazy in comparison because he's being walked by NYPD officers in the '70s who look like children next to this massive man who gets in the ring in this weird T-shirt. That says superstar, yeah. rips it off, starts posing, talks about how he's too hot to handle, too hold to co- uh, too cold to hold. And he's taken, like, I don't know what steroids were back then. Yeah. Like, just, I'm assuming, gasoline and a bunch of, like, weird, what we know now as HGH and gasoline. Like, I know what you're all thinking. You're thinking, how jacked was he? It's like, remember when Triple H came back last year and you're like, well, there, there's someone that they're not piss testing? That's how jacked he was. But, to be fair, he looked, I mean, for me, whenever but I see so him. so lean. Whenever I see him, I always think, yeah, super lean and, like, Scott's Diner in WCW because he has that many veins. Like no, it's like his skin won't cover the, the amount of the difference is, is that all those guys had a bit of chunk to them. Like they looked weighty. Like Superstar Billy Graham was cut, and there didn't look like there was a fucking pound of like fat on him. He was fucking impressive and talked them in the ring. It super popped it. Why that's important is that is Billy Graham became the champion the same night Vince McMahon Jr. came on and was starting to learn the business from his dad. Vince McMahon Jr. was the big proponent of keeping the belt on Billy Graham. Unfortunately, Vince McMahon Sr. had already promised it to Bob Backlund, wanted to put the belt on Bob Backlund, so they took it off of superstar Billy Graham, and it basically fucked Billy Graham's ego because he's like, I'm making you all this money and you're still sticking to your plan. That's so stupid. Didn't even really do a return match for it. Vince constantly just wanted to recreate that type of star. Conversely, in Florida, you've got Hulk Hogan going to Hiro Matsuda. Getting his leg broken by the fucking guy before he um, starts. Training. But let's talk about his Hulk Hogan for three years tried to be a bassist. Yeah. <laughs> Are we going to talk about that? Well, all right. Well, how does all right? So the way Hogan gets into wrestling is he's playing like. But here's the question, Dylan. What was the name of his band? There was a ton of them. What was one of them called? Ruckus. Yeah, Ruckus. Ruckus was the last one. He's Ruckus like, was the last one. I remember because he. Fuck, he opened for a band that later became the Leonard, Leonard Skinner that plays now. Those th- like, he was opening shows, because, like, what kind of gimmick is it to have, like, if you just have... Because what is his actual... If you just have one... Like six, if, can you imagine if you had a six foot... Like, he's probably six foot six, right? I think he's actually six foot six, and they always build him as six foot nine. Yeah, six foot eight, six foot nine. Yeah. Yeah. What? Why not just have a, ba- a band of six foot six guys on steroids or just one guy that's so big like he's i've never seen him live but i know people that have like seen him like in airports and they're like he's so wide and i'm assuming like 
the weird choice of I don't know if we can get in the man. I mean, we're gonna do four episodes on this, so we should maybe probably get into the man, uh, the man in the man who is Terry Balea, if you will. Yeah, it's kind of weird that he was a bassist because a bassist like it's kind of the it's kind of a weird psychological thing because a bass is I, I'll tell the you easiest exactly why I would guarantee he's a bassist. A bass is the easiest instrument to learn yes and become good at but like a really hard one to master but it's like really not easy to learn like i don't know if you're not musically inclined you're not musically inclined but it's also but, one of those things where he's clearly a guy if you look at the choices in his life is he wants i don't think he's ever admitted but he wants fame he wants to be 100 percent he wants a star fame. And, the and that's why, why he's you, a yeah that's why he's a musician instead but that's of like why you'd also play basses as you said it's an, an it's an easy instrument to get competent at yeah and you would be but also with his look and charisma like the guy is fucking charismatic as fuck mm-hmm. even now 100 percent. you feel i feel sympathy for him in the sex tape trial and i'm like shouldn't really feel that sympathetic you did Ugh, do that Sinead, the, well we'll get into that she needs so much food when he takes the buffet. phone call is just the i'm f- so excited i'm so excited for just that audio <laughs> like not the racist stuff the racist stuff it's like yeah he grew up in florida like he's, he's a monster uh, you grew up in florida and were a wrestler like yeah watch any teddy long shoot interview and the things that teddy long is called like just casually mentions like basically like, this is what it is who you know is, we can sue for that now <laughs> who isn't a racist teddy long and he's like uh john cena's all right <laughs> Like that Rick, fucking Dean Ambrose, though. Like Ric Flair, he was like that guy. Oh boy, would he say like he like it's crazy. That's insane. And he also sort of hints the Undertaker has some backwards views as well. A hundred percent, he does. Yeah. You want to do it? Yeah, ba- man from Texas. Do you want to do it? I would have loved if Rock just murdered him. The Undertaker. We'll do an Undertaker episode, but that guy seems infuriating. We already did an Undertaker episode. It was the first episode, but it was deleted for sound issues. So many sound issues, and if that's deleted for sound issues, good God, you should almost hear it. Yeah, so <laughs> the complaints we get. Anyway, um, yeah, like he wants to be. It's path of least resistance to being yeah. famous, and it's really weird that he. All right, so he gives up. He goes to wrestling school, and he's playing. So he's basically he's playing, but he's playing like in these all-night bands and you have to understand that this was a time like it's the 70s mm-hmm. this is kind of a time before you can just give a guy a bunch of vinyl and him like you don't have the option there's no tape cassettes yet so no you can't just hire a guy to play music you have to bu- get a band yeah you just have to go get yeah so hogan's playing in these like bars in yeah, florida he's, he's playing in a bar band he's playing rock clubs yeah that's sort of thing like yeah, so he uh, wrestlers always would come in because uh, they were in the Florida territory. He finally gets up the nerve to like ask Bob Orton Senior. He asks Bob Orton Senior, and and Bob Orton Senior is like, "Yeah, actually, we can do a tryout tomorrow." Hiro Matsuda is in. Yeah, great. And Hogan talks about this where they would work six days a week, and then on the seventh day, Hiro Matsuda would come in and train people. And according to Hogan, like this could all be bullshit because the man does bullshit at quite a bit. They didn't tell him it was fake for a year. They just no. he immediately he went for like yeah he did like a, a like a complete day of workout where he could barely move. Uh, and then they broke his leg. Well, he well according to him, they put him in the ring and like shoot and whatever. And then so he was like okay, so he went for a takedown, and then Matsuda just like 
basically rolled out and like put him in a leg lock broke his leg well there's two different versions that might be hogan's version the version you'll get on other shooting interviews and other research which is cocky guy from around the town where they operate he's coming in to get trained you're gonna hurt him bad yeah so he walks away thinking it's real if it's hiro matsuda he's gonna break his leg because there's a lot of talk of a lot of guys had that happen to and then they're gonna see if you come back yeah and he comes back well, the other thing is, this is the Florida Territory, which we've already talked about before, and it's actually weird because Hogan says this, and uh, I don't know, it's it's backed up in a couple other sources that he went to school with uh, Mike Graham, Yeah, and Hogan never played football, he always played baseball, and there was like a baseball-football rivalry, and there would be like baseball-football fights in gym class and shit, and uh, Hogan... Can you explain Mike, quickly who Mike Graham is? Because he's uh, he's the son of Eddie Graham Schroeder. He appears on a bunch of WWE documentaries. He's the guy wearing glasses who you think uh, that guy's past is probably shoddy because uh, he's another one of those dudes. So, he loved to watch like muscle heads get stretched, especially like the reason why. Also, is that Mike Graham was the supposedly the heir apparent to Eddie Graham in terms of Eddie Graham. All Eddie Graham wanted was someone in his family that could carry that territory and protect it because Eddie Graham knew he wasn't a wrestler so he could never do the thing a lot of promoters did which put himself in the ring keep the belt on him he wanted that to be his son and basically raised him with it the problem was his mic was too short to be believable he was like a ra- somewhere in the fives mm-hmm. and so Mike Graham evidently le- later on killed himself because he couldn't ever fulfill the dreams of his dad but, Sad. but incredibly protected very very interesting mind one of the pro- people that helped bring hogan into hogan the two mike graham one because hogan's a racist yeah, absolutely mike graham also was the guy who would have gotten the job of eric bischoff would have said no whoa and also was kept on the wcw payroll um as a creative head the entire time wow has some really old school views behind it was very on very chris Benoit, for example um very, race. very happy that chris benoit left uh, one of the reasons why Chris Benoit left, according to Mike Graham, was, well, they put the belt on him and he was still talking about leaving, so I asked him to come chat to me in the arena, and I said to him, if you don't fucking act up, I'm going to cut your fucking head off and put it on Kevin Sullivan's lawn. Jesus Christ. He's a fucking crazy guy. No, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, because uh, he would just keep in mind he was raised in a house where his parents pretended not to be divorced. Like, he's fucking insane. <laughs> well, I mentioned it earlier, but he is the guy who would, like... They would get bodybuilders, and then they would put them in. They would be like, okay, fight this guy. Bodybuilder does not know who amateur wrestling champion is. And then amateur wrestling champion is like, do you want me to hurt him more, Mike? And he's like, light my cigarette first. Yeah. Let me get his feet exposed. Oh, I do like. Open a beer. And I get, do like a big boy's feet. Open the open me a beer and get Harley Race on the phone because I want to let him know what I'm doing. You motherfucker, <laughs> what are you doing? I'm coming. Uh, so, so he starts out and obviously you get a guy six foot eight because the other thing is we're kind of. Oh, and by the way, I'm an asshole. Eddie Graham was a wrestler. He was just too old at that point. I'm sorry. You're a fucking loser, John. Thank you, Dylan. I deserve that, and I agree. Big head John has no friends. Big head John has no friends. Um, so Hogan's early career is in where, Dylan? What'd you say to me? His early career is where? In China. No, it's Florida, you fucking idiot. The China of America. Florida. Did you know that? 
he does something which is a great thing, which I don't think they do enough, uh, which is they have like this catch-all gimmick called the Super Destroyer. That you just put anyone in? Yeah, because you put them in a mask. Who the fuck did that to? Oh, Trevor Murdoch, oddly enough. Probably the only time I'll ever you'll ever hear that. But Trevor Murdoch came up in like... Because people don't know this. We'll do a Trevor Murdoch episode, but he was like around for a lot of time before he gets the Murdoch and Cade yeah. thing. So Trevor Murdoch is actually uh, in a gimmick that like they gave to Kane originally in the USWA. Oh, the Unibomb. No, it was another one. Because they bring him in as something else, he becomes Unibomb. Anyway, uh, but he was in like, yeah, he was in a mask for like e- a year or so. And only the people of this like rural fucking community <laughs> see this guy who comes out just like, can you imagine doing that? It'd be like, just the, f- the fluctuation in race and size and just being like, that's what it looks like now. Yeah. <laughs> super destroyer destroyed himself, came back like this now. Oh, yeah, they actually murdered the super destroyer. Well, I guess you could do it a bit like robot monster. I do like how like wrestling purists they talk rebuilt about him. They talk about the logic of wrestling, but it's like, there was things like the super destroyer and the missing link, you fucking assholes. You literally, to the logic of wrestling, if you want to apply logic to it, blah, 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 that lineage dies with Toots Mondit. Like, yeah. it literally died 90 years ago when Toots Mondit was like, let's get a guy called the Jew and everybody beats him up. <laughs> yeah. People will throw money for that. Yeah, get me a man named the Reekin. What does he do? Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> we can real kill a guy every week. We'll just name him the Jew, put him in a mask. When he gets paid, he'll think he's going to live at the end. Ha <laughs> ha, Toots Mondit, get me my unicycle. Um... So he does, uh, yeah, Super Destroyer. And, also the weird, had, and the weird thing about what, Hogan is... I have to say this is an interesting thing about Hogan, and it's an early Oh, what on, is it? It's an early on point, which Everyone is, really wants to hear. I think they do. Hiromatsuda, no, he doesn't like... <laughs> <laughs> go fuck yourself. Uh, he doesn't like the way that Hiromatsuda is training him, so he fucking leaves. Yeah, for sure. Which is... That's not something that young guys in wrestling did, but it's just an interesting sort of character point of Hulk Hogan that he is always very good at protecting himself and his image, for lack of a better He's a word. smart guy. Like, he goes to college. Yes, he drops out, but he takes two classes. He takes... He's a business major. Yeah. Like, no one... First of all, he went to college. Yeah, it's true. He's a guy in the circus who went to college like of course he's gonna rise to the top of the circus when it's like is he as athletic as rick flair no but he went to like he has a brain inside his head even the dumbest guy who has some form of education still has a form of education you know it's a fucking great point anyway so yeah and he's smart like you just hear the guy talk like he's a super charming guy and i assume i assume it's another thing where it's like you meet a guy who's six foot eight you're like who the fuck is this guy andy's outgoing too like of course you're gonna be like this guy's great um so then he goes on he so leaves, yeah he does leave hero matsuda he, because he leaves he's smart. He stops wrestling for about a year re- uh manages a bar in Cocoa beach with ed leslie who'd gone to be <laughs> oh, oh buddy i would love to manage a bar at Cocoa beach oh buddy nothing but tits and weird jacked up dudes mm. you all do blow i do blow like i wish i would have it's a lot of men in capri pants i've worked in the bar industry the romantic side of it whatever in the end it's just a lot of shouting over drunks yeah it's great 
Dude, that's... I, uh, if you say romance, I just felt love. That's all I want to do. I agree. I'm going to open a bar called Sports Talk, and if you don't talk about sports, you're brutally beaten. Get the fuck out. And if you're calmly talking about sports, brutally beaten. It's just people screaming stats that are incorrect over one another. Um, I like that. I like you... Before the fall of Rome. That's Bare Naked Ladies. Did you know that? <laughs> I wish I didn't. I met you. No, fuck. I forgot something. Uh, ah. So he goes. Forms a tag team with Ed Leslie as the Boulder Brothers in Alabama, <laughs> which is just fucking weird. He turns down an offer to go to Kansas City. Um, they slowly start building up some sort of awareness because of Hogan's look. Jerry Jarrett takes interest and approaches them for coming there. Um, they well, the another thing is like at this point he's driving everyone around because everyone's like, everyone's giving him the shit, right? And uh, he he's driving around the wild Samoans who literally are like, that's not yet, is it? Is that yet? No, that's. I thought that was like the first couple years. No, I thought the Wild Samoan story that happens when he gets to New York because Gorilla Monsoon bails them out. So oh, oh, when the uh, when they get arrested, and he, they won't speak English. Oh, I didn't, I thought it was just like because he was saying regularly. This is before the arrest. Is regularly people would be like, uh, he had a girlfriend at the time who like had a nice car. So the old guys would be like, we're using your girlfriend's car and just get drunk and piss their pants in the back seat purposely and just like, ha ha. <laughs> what assholes, huh? John's talking to the kitty. I am talking to the kitty. She's so cute. So cute. Um, so then they go work with Jerry Jarrett. When they're working with Jerry Jarrett, he happens to be near Lou Ferrigno and because of his size, uh, um, he dwarfs the Hulk, which sort of plants the seed. Supposed really, apparently, uh, and that's by the way a supposed story that he tells. Why the fuck is Lou Ferrigno in Memphis, Tennessee? Local talk show, bro. Apparently, it was on a local talk show. They were sat next to each other, and then it was like, "Oh, you're bigger than the other guy." So they gave him they named him Hulk Boulder, which is a precursor to Hulk Hogan, Horace Hogan. Thank you. What? Yeah, because his name was Horace Boulder, and then they changed it to Horace Hogan. Oh, you're right. Boo. Here's how wrestling goes. Superstar Billy Graham, Hulk Hogan, Horace Hogan. Wrestling's done now. No more wrestling. When Horace Hogan, this prequel to the Disciples of Action, the prequel to the Aces and Eights, is out of wrestling? I don't want to hear about Here's it. Here's my question. What was the other name he wrestled in uh, under in Memphis, and it's the worst name ever? No domes, Dylan. Sterling Golden. Yeah, Sterling Golden. Ugh. And in this corner, wearing gold, it's Sterling Golden. That's his example of like, oh, yeah, don't worry. I cut my... <laughs> I'll tell you this. I, I mean, team. I had three years of making, oh, yes, a lot of money still. Here's the thing to remember, by the way. he It's now 1979, and he's heading to the Fed. Um, uh, after, by the way, he does face in a Basically match two, in 1979. Mm-hmm. Has a match with Harley Race, who's the champion at the time. In two years, based purely on look. Like I can understand his point being like wrestling's a look and storyline business because from my perspective... I've never had to do a drop toe hold, nor do I know what that is. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing is, uh, it's the late seventies, and he's working like NWA territories. He's not in. 
Vince hasn't consolidated wrestling yet. Yeah. So it's not all like just one type of dude. So he's That's not like the fifth biggest guy in the company. He anywhere he goes, he's so much bigger than anyone else. And quite frankly, with the exception of Jesse Ventura, who is in Minnesota at this time, no one else has really got this look and this style of yeah. being a talker. His talking doesn't really come until he goes to the Fed, is renamed Hulk, uh, Hulk Hogan. Now, the reason why they called him Hulk Hogan is part of it was he was to dye his hair red and they would finally get an Irish champion, which is what Vince McMahon Sr. wanted because that mm-hmm. was a large population of their crowds and he saw how much money they made with Bruno Sammartino, who became a, a, basically the hero of the Italians. Mm-hmm. Um and like they still they trotted Bruno out as a way to pop the garden up until WrestleMania. And like we're talking about like maybe WrestleMania two. Like the big moment that got Roddy Piper over in New York was when he called Bruno a WAP in the middle of the ring. <laughs> Which something by the way they didn't tell Bruno and when Bruno starts swinging at Roddy Piper Yeah, it's real. It's real and those are actual NYPD cops that they were like you need to go get Roddy Piper and they were like why they're like you will know why. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the other thing about you ever hear the story about like uh, Larry Zbysko was the hugest Bruno San Martino fan and got into wrestling because of Bruno San Martino yeah. and just wandered into his backyard and Bruno San Martino went to, like lifting what he thought was two houses <laughs> just because Bruno we'll do a Bruno episode but it's like yes he has big arms but he has like that my girlfriend's dad has it too where it's just fucking just that goddamn immigrant strength where it's like my hands are the size of two Buicks and my forearms are seven Buicks. Yeah, what do you eat for breakfast every morning? Well, that would imply that I eat in the morning, which I don't because I'm a man. <laughs> I get up at 5 a.m. I fuck my wife and I st- I don't get no hungry. kissing. I just know that sometimes people needs to take care of eggs. <laughs> Kissing is decadent bullshit. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Bullshit is what kissing is. The only thing that I do that resembles what a woman does is that I do shit, but I do it standing up like a horse. (laughs) (laughs) It drips down my leg like a man, goddammit. It wanders away from me like no woman does. So he um, he basically has a two-year run. In the WWF. Um, he, by the way, refuses to dye his hair uh, red because he, his hair is already really falling out. Yeah. And he demanded, I'll be a blonde Irish person, which apparently really affected his push, by the way, because he went from that to being a heel with classy Freddie Blassie as his manager. Well, the other thing is, you got to. Re- t- t- and what a cape. The one thing you got to tell you is uh, there's another story where he like walks backstage in, uh, in a tie dye shirt and. Um, Oh, I actually don't know the story. Tell it. Oh no, he walks backstage. First thing he does, he like rushes out. Like they're like, oh, everyone says, oh, you gotta go to the, uh, you gotta go to New York because it's a big man territory. So he does. He sends eight by tens. They're like, come here and do this. He walks backstage at the garden. He's in a tie dye shirt. Vince Senior sees him, and so many people thought he was superstar Billy Graham. Apparently, that Vince Senior is like, you never fucking do that again. Because the thing you think about, of course they want him to dye his hair red because superstar Billy Graham was their champion years earlier, and he also is a balding guy with long blonde hair. I know, I completely. Yeah. So he already looks, and he basically says like, "We want you to change your look so you totally don't look like superstar Billy Graham." And he says, "Uh, no, I'm gonna though." Yeah. <laughs> like, cause I'm not. Well, you know, and once again, it's clear who he's emulating. And also, I got news for you: like Billy Graham, what that was a winning formula. Billy Graham is yeah. the. Is so fucking interesting to watch. When you watch 70s New York wrestling, it's like 
Bruno puts him in a bear hug at minute five, and you're like, oh, we have 45 more minutes to go. Yeah. Like, they're billed to a dropkick. It's just not that interesting. But fucking Billy Graham, you're like, I'll watch this whole match to see if they do an interview at the end. <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's what I think Vince McMahon Jr. did. Yeah, he absolutely... He shortened the matches because obviously you just 15 minutes. These guys aren't very good at this. That's the thing. <laughs> so then, yeah. He brought that in and we're jumping the gun. We'll get to this with Hulkamania. He was also getting a lot of territory guys that were a bit beaten up. In particular, mm-hmm. Roddy Piper that was brought in to get Hogan over. That were beaten up. And Roddy Piper just couldn't work that many matches and couldn't work that much. But he was getting all the fucking best talkers. Like the... The thing that was the big WWF advantage was that they always had better interviewer guys. Like even in the Attitude Era, an Austin promo is better than a Hogan promo, and Hogan's promos are great. Yeah, it's more watchable, and then and that's what that's what is kind of that's why I think as they move more towards like a Triple H booked product now, it'll be way more. It'll be way better because um, they don't flat out just don't have the interview guys that they used to yeah or if they do they're not letting them like develop naturally like no. they don't have like th- two or three out of the park interview guys and that's when always when wwe at least always struggles is because they don't have the guys that fit into the formula of how vince thinks wrestling works or vince's style of wrestling yeah it's vince's style of wrestling which you can understand and yeah, it's su- just like a- and as soon as you know that the first champion he saw that drew crazy money was a superstar billy graham you're like well that's why he thinks the yeah. way he does yeah, exactly. That's when he starts doing it. Well, um, and that it builds towards Hulk Hogan. Now Hulk Hogan does a year. The big sort of we should take a break. We'll we'll take a break and then get into the take a break and get into the AWA. But uh, no, no. You, but we just can we just talk about the Andre the first Andre? Yeah, match? that's what I was gonna do. Okay, his first match with his manager is classy Freddie Blassie is uh, against Andre the Giant at Shea Stadium, which was on the undercard of the Inoki Muhammad Ali boxer versus wrestler fight. Really? I think so, yeah. No. Yeah, I don't think it was the main event. I'm a bag of shit. It's the wrong Shea Stadium one. Yeah, it's 1976. Yeah, it's 1980. It's the one that's Larry Zbysko, uh, Bruno Sammartino as the uh, main event, but it wasn't the main event. It was a special attraction, which was Andre the Giant Hulk Hogan. Yeah, Andre the Giant Hulk Hogan, literally the biggest guy versus the second biggest guy. Yeah, and it was the undercard thing. And it's also very interesting, never mentioned it. They didn't mention it in the lead up to WrestleMania three. They didn't. No, didn't mention it once. Of course they didn't. They don't do that. Like that must have been so frustrating. Like, oh, we're just gonna pretend this didn't happen. Like for guys back then, because you think about how angry everyone got about the Triple H Undertaker, where they'd be like, Triple H Undertaker at WrestleMania. You know when they did it? Not obviously not the American badass. Yeah, when they did versus yeah. Dead Man twice, and they called yeah. it the end of the era, basically being like, it's the end of when things were good. <laughs> this is the last time any of this will be interesting. Um so yeah, um that is interesting, but that's it's important to note that they just forget about shit. Like yeah. he, they just can forget about shit. Well, no one man decides we can forget about shit and everyone just is forced to listen to him and his name is Vincent Kennedy McLean. And he just decides fuck it, we're not. Yeah, it doesn't work with this, so let's just not talk about it. Yeah. Uh, how about we don't talk about this? All right. He, we're going to go to break. Let's go to break, and then we're going to talk about uh, Uncle Vern's House of Voltrunks. Yay! And Thunderlips. Thunderlips. Ooh, what a break we're having. That was such a good episode of the Wrestler Review again. Ladies and gentlemen, 
please rate and subscribe to the Wrestler Review. Of course, we also want to review it. Please review our podcast for the love of fucking Christ. And also, guys, give us some money. Not with a Patreon. Nope. Or some sort of naughty Amazon link. We don't want you to give us money for a goddamn nothing, right? Here's what we want you guys to do. We both have comedy albums. Please buy those comedy albums on our website, thejohnhastings.com. That is John's website. And dylanagot.com. The A is for awesome. I'm an awesome guy. dylanagot.com, thejohnhastings.com. Please buy our comedy albums. We love you. Please make love to us in our beds while we're naked. The A is for Atherton. We're back. Dylan, the year's 1980. Old Terry Bollea is leaving New York and heading to the welcoming bosom of Vern Gagne. Do you know why he left? I think it was because Freddie Blassie called him a uh, pencil-naked geek. Oh, that's true. And hit him with a cane. I got to say this. Freddie Blassie fucking rules. He's great. If they, Like I say, uh, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast or just call you every day and whisper it, but if... The invasion angle was better. That Freddie Blassie speech would have been fucking like one of the greatest things on pro wrestling. The idea that he was their voiceover man for every pay-per-view of the Attitude Era. Like that that deep gravelly voice. Where, of course. And men become men. <laughs> and women are not asked questions because they're not people. Like that's Freddie Blassie. Oh, and he fucking women just give you the thing you like and then they say you're welcome. Uh, Freddie Blassie, by the way, broke Regis Philbin's finger. Whoa, how? On television, he ruffled his hair, and this was in, like, when the L.A. territory was big with, like, the Blonde Bombers and Freddie Blassie. Yeah. And he ruffled his hair, and uh, he just grabbed it. He just grabbed his hand and and broke it. And, like, you Jesus. And, like, everyone was like, what the fuck? And he was like, protect the business. I protect the business by fucking only the top-grade cunt. (laughs) Oh, my God. Top shelf. You're not looking at the darkness, the clouds that rolled in on Dylan's eyes. In 1980. Premium. I just want to say this. Okay, why did he leave? I actually don't know why he left the Fed. Uh, money? No, uh, according to Saul Kogan, uh, and this sounds, cause I was going to say, oh, this is according to Hulk Hogan because it sounds fucking straight made up gangster style, uh, is that he left because he got this role he got so he gets an agent basically and starts acting or starts going and be like I'm gonna be an actor too because yeah. like you say we talked about the basis thing he just wants to be famous so he went I'll be an, I'll be an actor too maybe there's some shit in that and uh, he gets the Thunderlips part so he gets the Thunderlips part you're jumping ahead no but this is what he says happens he but says Thunderlips wasn't until eighty two yeah well this is this is the time this is no the, because I was in the AWA. But here's what I'm saying. Okay, go ahead, because I think you're definitely wrong. No, but no, this is this is according to to Saul to Saul Kogan. Hulk Hogan says that he that Vince McMahon Sr. said, I don't know wrestler wrestlers aren't celebrities, they're wrestlers. So by putting you in this Thunderlips thing, right? Like that's not our character. So people can't see you as that character. And then pay and see you as Hulk Hogan as well. Doesn't that sound fucking? It does, except for the fact he left the Fed in 1980. 1980, and Rocky Three was filmed. It was released in 1982. Yeah, so I it would have been filmed around that time. I would have said it would have been filmed in 81. You bag of shit. I don't know. Look it all up. But like, that's what he said. He said he said he left because he got this 
role as Thunderlips. And Vince McMahon Sr. said, no, you can't do that because... Which is such a 180. Like, oh, okay. if, if, if Vince McMahon, if, if Roman Reigns got, like, a bit part, and especially the way, if you want to talk about pro wrestling, the way Thunderlips comes off in that movie... Where it's, it's amazing. Like, he throws the fucking main character into the into the third row. If Roman Reigns came in, a, had a movie where like, what's the fucking? Is there anything? Com- if if in the next Fast and Furious, Roman Reigns Superman punched Vin Diesel, and Vin Diesel was like, "I guess you're just stronger than me, Roman Reigns." Yeah, Vince McMahon would explode into cum. Yeah, he would, he would ne- be. A ne- it would be his whole body would. This is what cum. you would hear. All over the world. Oh, <laughs> uh, 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 Linda, uh, come here. Maybe your cunt will be moist. <laughs> the first time I made the love to Linda. The idea that Linda McMahon, this sweet woman, is she is not a sweet woman. Is, she's a Republican. She's a Republican politician. That no, woman probably the believes. reason why she's a Republican politician is because Vince McMahon is like Demo cunt. Like <laughs> <laughs> for sure, she. I just I don't think I should be able to talk. <laughs> I don't <laughs> call me old fashioned, but what I'm doing right now, y'all listening to me, that's bad. Yeah. You know how I held a job? Inappropriate. I had Shane, I had Stephanie, and then I sewed it shut. It is we're all aware that he don't sh- come out of it. Like Shane was conceived out of wedlock. That's pretty much obvious, right? How based, do you know? Based on the age difference between him and Stephanie and when they got married, that like When was the age difference? Like six or seven years? Shane's older? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't do. fucking... I don't give a shit. You do. You, you fucking, fucking bitch. All right, so uh, starting in 1980, he starts going to New Japan. Oh, my God, you are completely right. Cause yeah. he, But he, it was, he left for a J- Japanese tour and was taking time off from the New York Territory. He was going to come back. He yeah, because he would always do like a... That's what it was. So the timeline, you're absolutely right. Daddy is wrong. But filmed it in 81. Another very interesting thing about uh, Hogan in Japan, and this is something he regrets... Is that he's the Ichiban? Uh, well, no. It means uh, number one. I don't like that. I don't <laughs> like your accent. <laughs> I don't like it, um, is that he uses the Axe Bomber as a finisher, which is a clothesline, just a clothesline variation. Yeah. And if he used that, he could still do his finishing move. Yeah, it's so weird that he doesn't. The le- Is there a reason for him using the leg drop, or is it just kind of an arbitrary, like, that's ah, a leg drop? He does it very, thea- it's way more theatrical, I will say that. It's, it's It was to give a pop, and it was also something to do when the guy was on the ground to pin them. Like, it was a com- he wanted to do, like, a combination. Yeah. And it also, the thing with the leg drop is, besides the Axe Bomber, the leg drop is one of those things where it builds towards. It's why the people's elbow really works as a move as well, is that he hits the rock bottom, and then you're like, oh, here comes that thing. Do you know what I mean? He, where he, hulks, spi- he, hulks he has the up. fucking spine buster, and those people's elbow. No, he would do the rock bottom, and then he would people elbows them. No, that's a spine buster, a thousand percent. No, it's the rock bottom. If he's doing it like the end of a WrestleMania, he does rock bottom into the fucking it's always spine buster. No, it's not always spine buster. Always spine buster. Oh, every time. Every time he's ever wrestled ever. Every fucking time. Child. Oh, I didn't realize that you were wrong about every always spine buster. Oh, is it always spine buster? Always spine. Let us see you've committed to that. Please people tweet at the John Hastings, you're fucking idiot. It's hey, please uh, tweet at Dylan Gott. Read any book. 
The Iliad would have that in it. Yeah, the Iliad has that in it. It's a weird version I have. The Chiliad. That's my book. Don't talk about it. No, mine is like... Oh, is it? You stole everything from me, including my wife? What's Ooh. it like? Fucking my wife, Dylan. Why are you Spinebuster, People's Elbow. That's how both it would nicknames go if we for were my balls. Rock bottom. Oh yeah. No, I think they're rock. He actually rock bottoms people. Oh, that's people, interesting. And then he does a moonsault, and then he does a, and then he cries. Oh, is that what he does? Yes. Well, fuck you. Your mic's turned off, so go fuck yourself. You can still hear me. You can still hear me. I turned it back on. Rock bottom, people's elbow. Oh, and then, and then maybe he does a he does a fucking. Why are you doing an impression of yourself? Music. Why are you doing an impression of yourself? Because you're a fucking fat bitch. You're a bitch. I will own you. I will fuck you. No, you won't. I will. I'm gonna fuck you. Ain't nobody can own this pussy. That's true. It's too ta- too hot to uh, handle, too cold to hold. Now, after Rocky Three, which again really fucking makes wrestlers look good. Yeah. Uh, he's going back and forth to Japan. We're debating to just do his own Japanese episode. No, well, I mean, we can talk about. It. Let's talk about it now. Well, he all right. So he, it's just interesting watching him more in Japan because you. All right, so watching him in Japan, he actually uses professional wrestling moves and bumps, and like works hard. Because they don't take no shit. No, he's a, yeah, he's a much. Because he di- comes over. The reason how he gets over in Japan is because he comes over as Stan Hansen's tag team partner, which is like yeah, yeah, like what it, they it's like pairing. It's basically the same thing as they try to do with the un, where Nathan Jones, where they paired him with the Undertaker. Yeah, like it's just like oh, you're now the one of the strongest people in the company. Yeah, you're with this guy, except you, Nathan Jones couldn't do shit. Yeah, um, and uh, and. What I but I, but where he really becomes, where this guy really becomes what will become the basically the face of professional wrestling, for the next. Still, I got news for you. He still kind of is. Yeah, Stone Cold's a big star, and The Rock is obviously the biggest star pro wrestling has had. But Financially, like, but The Rock is more thought of now as an actor. Steve Austin. That's insane. When they when you say like Steve. The Austin, Rock is. The highest paid actor, actor in Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. A guy who couldn't... If he had been successful, he may just still play for the Calgary Stampeders. Yeah. <laughs> like, isn't that fucking crazy? It's fucking insane. Anyway. Uh, so, in he's basically like a... He's a special. He's a special attraction guy, right? Like he's a he's a gaijin who comes in, does short tours, and he would still do short tours. Like I remember one of the first, like uh, he was. It was built into his pro w- wrestling it was illustrated into his WCW contract. Yeah, because one of the first pro wrestling illustrated I bought was uh, Hulk Hogan throwing the WWF and WCW titles in the garbage and saying, "I want the IWGP belt," and being like, "I was the IWGP champion. That was the it's the pinnacle of professional wrestling." Like I, I and so I have crazy. To get back there. Um, but he's one of the big. Are you going to talk about the the tournament? Just not to tip what you're about to reveal. But one of the big things that they let him do. What is it? He beats Anoki. Yeah, he beats Anoki uh, to win the IWGP TP. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Like, and by the way, this is still, he does that in 83. Yeah. Like, for fuck's sakes, man, you started wrestling five years ago, six years ago? Six years ago, yeah. He beats an Ogie, but that's the thing. For all the stuff that's like, Hulk Hogan is fast-tracked in a way that, like, almost is under the giant level because he's like, 
not only is he huge, you can just see that this guy has something that it's a kind of a weird talent to have as a guy that big to be like, oh, it's, you're obviously we want to book you as the like monster, but he's so personable. It's also there's this interesting quality that George the Animal Steel talked about that was a problem with him is that you could never. And you can see how this affected the Federation, which was how you used to always end territory shows and spot shows was biggest baby face getting beaten up in the ring. So when you came back to that town, he'd get his revenge and you'd do a chain and you'd constantly do that. You couldn't do that with Hogan because they wouldn't believe anyone could could defeat him. Mm -hmm. So they always had to end with him playing the music and posing in the ring. So that then people would be like, "Oh, that's that's who that is. Like that's the champion." And that well, and it's also the idea of. I mean, we're jumping the shark, jumping the gun here, but the also the idea of that the AWA comes up with where he is the he is a superhero. Yeah. Well, we're gonna go back to the AWA. The one thing I just want to talk about is a match I would love to see is because he wrestled Abdullah the Butcher a bunch in Japan, which is he is the perfect. Hogan heel. I yeah. can understand why Vince never brought him in because he's the grossest man in the world, and you know you can't use a fork. <laughs> well, yeah, when the Rock and wrestling, like, oh, isn't wrestling cute and adorable? That guy, because Abdul the Butcher can do this thing. I don't know if you ever seen hardcore matches like this. He can put a fork inside, like, un- he puts a fork on his skull underneath his skin, so you can, yeah, you can. He stabs people in the forehead. I fuck who? Who did I forget? Who did I see do this? I think that was like a local Toronto guy. Fork stuck into his skin, and then I got hit it with a chair. I was like, da. Yeah, it's fucking gross. Oh my god, I, this isn't the part of the. Uh, we we got to talk about this. Have you ever seen? Uh, you should watch this. Everyone watch this. Vice. It's the Vice. Uh, it's Vice, and then just type in Combat Zone Wrestling. And Vice did uh, a documentary where they actually go to t- the Tournament of Death, which Ugh. is just in some guy's backyard. And uh, basically, a guy like um, they've started doing. I didn't know this, but not a board with a nail, but like a Kenzan, which a Kenzan is what it is. Is like a, imagine like a coffee cup, yeah. But then the bottom of the coffee cup is just has nails on it. And then what they do is they put the Kenzan on the guy's head and they actually hit a chair and it goes into the guy's fucking skull. And Hulk Hogan did that. <laughs> that was Hulk That Hogan. was the original draft of Thunderlips. Uh, that was how the Thunder in Paradise pilot went. Really? No. Cool. It's just, yeah, Backyard Wrestling and CZW sucks so much. Like, by the way, without CZW, who would we not have? Dean Ambrose. John Mosley, everybody. I like uh, only thing I had co- Moxley. By the way, it's not Mosley. Uh, was it Mo- Moxley? You fucking bitch! <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so he goes to the AWA. <laughs> goes to the AWA. Is the AWA the most two most important right, years in the career of Hulk Hogan? I would say yes. Absolutely. It's also fuck me, Vern. Learn you could have beaten Vince in a day if you'd held on to this fucking guy. Yeah. Like, well, well and also, okay, because here's the thing: is they. If they want to bring him in as a heel, mm-hmm. but it doesn't work because he's in Rocky Three, mm-hmm. which is now happening as he's in the AWA. Also, what's very important is, and it's a great point, is that it shows that he's a nice man at the end of that. Like it doesn't say that wrestling's fake, but it shows that Thunderlips like stops and is like, "Hey man, can I have a photo with my kids? Like for my kid, like let's have a photo together at the end." And it shows that he's a nice, charming guy. Which is a tip to all the wrestling fans that would go see that movie 
they would be like, oh, that's a nice guy. Or anyone who would be a look-see fan would be like, oh, I like Rocky III. Let's go see that guy wrestle. Why he, They wouldn't boo him. They'd cheer him because they actually know who he is. He has name recognition yeah, above and you, everyone else on the bill. Especially also when your champion's Nick Bockwinkle and it's like, man with an old lady chest versus greatest looking gentleman in Minnesota. Well, yeah, and, it, and also guy who's five times the fucking size... You know? Yeah, absolutely. He's five times the size of this man, and he can't beat him. And yeah. he's supposed to have like hour long draws and shit with him. And Vern Gagne also is such a dickbag, and it's just like, that makes sense. Nick Bockwinkle is a chain wrestler. Hulk Terry Bolea Hogan is a he's a bitch. Oh shit. No, here's another reason uh why he Um here's another reason why he left the Fed. Is uh, Hulk Hogan, I mean, this is, cla- he claims it, um, is, fuck, is it this time or another where he, he he claims at least he's the first person to sell his own merch? Yeah, he he starts selling t-shirts and stuff like is that. Is that in the AWA or the... It's the AWA, yeah. Yeah, he starts selling, like, cause here's well, because here's why the AWA they, well, the is really AWA, The AWA starts merchandising certain things. They start with Yeah, uh, but no, figures. but Hogan... And one of the big things they start with is uh, weasel suits and weasel sort of signs and stuff like that for weasel matches with Bobby Heenan, where if his wrestler loses against Greg Gagne, he has to put on the weasel suit. That was the sort of first big thing. The other thing that really makes the feud with Bachwinkle is Bobby Heenan is in the corner, and you can see that yeah. Logan learns from that and really fucking want, likes that dynamic of mm-hmm. heel manager. And essentially, Hogan's career could be summed up as Hulk Hogan v. B. Heenan. Pause that. I'm gonna. But just returning to the t-shirt thing, another reason he like leaves the Fed is because like he also is like sees people doing entrance music and he really likes it. Yeah, and Vince Senior is not having entrance music. How it's so you? weird that like that all could the rile time- up the Puerto Ricans. <laughs> They're a dancing people. Eugenics, Vince Eugenics Senior. Um. So anyway, the he starts selling his own T-shirts, and then everyone's pissed off at that because he's like selling it. From what I gleaned from it, at least he's selling it on the grounds too. Like he's he said he says, "Oh, I was selling it out of the trunk of my car," but he's literally selling like all these T-shirts. He's selling them in AWA as well. Uh, Vern wants a cut, and he is, this is the first time he tells Vern to fuck off. And, and that's the other thing. The he's other, a dude who knows his fucking worth. Like he knows his worth. He's, he's being put thing. through all these like it's six years. What is it? It's five years and four years into his career. He's already hit the AWA. He got in Thunder Lips. The way they tried to like debut him was it was just Jimmy Valiant talking about the size of his arms, but then they had to drop. Had like to you drop didn't even Jimmy see Valiant. his face. You no, just saw his arms. You just saw his arm. Yeah, his arm for uh, the longest time. But the other thing that's very important about the t-shirt thing and all that sort of stuff is it also identifies him with a brand. Because in the end, it's a territory. Mm-hmm. And Minnesota's not that big. So people are mm-hmm. aware of him, know him. It's a hotbed. It's also Vern Gagne fucks him by not putting the belt on him because it also starts cooling Hogan off. Mm-hmm. And that's also why Hogan starts getting ready to leave is because Hogan's making a shit ton of money between Japan and the t-shirts. But because he doesn't have the belt, it's now cooling off the matches. People already have bought a t-shirt. They're not going to buy other t-shirts. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. The oh, the other thing is he understands, like I said, this is all comes down to Hulk Hogan, who he is and knowing his value. Like you say, uh, Rocky Three comes out in 1983, yes? Absolutely. Exactly. 
He leaves for the Fed in 1983. It's 82, pardon me. It's 82. 82 and he leaves in But he knows that's his window. He knew mm. in 1982, if I'm Thunderlips and uh, the AWA is on national television. Which it is. Exactly. Yeah, and it is. Also, but I need to be the champion. I need to be the champion. I need to be the face. I'm of number company. one. I'm destroying everybody. And what's I'm very Hulk Hogan. Is one of the guys, and this I do actually believe is one of the big people that were pushing for it was Bobby Heenan, because Bobby Heenan is smart enough to know that his payment at that time was a stake of the fucking gate. Yeah. And he's smart enough to go, we've already done Bockwinkle champion this guy chasing. Give him the belt, and we get to do it all over again with Bockwinkle now chasing him for the belt. It gets so far as that um, they're going to do it. They're going to give the belt to Hogan, and at the last minute, Vern puts a contract in front of him saying that he gets a cut of his Japan money and a cut of his T-shirts. Hogan doesn't agree to do it, mm-hmm. does the match, and then call. And then it, this is disputed of whether or not he called Vince or Vince called him. Mm-hmm. And he goes and meets in Ho, uh, Vince's kitchen very soon afterwards. The Ganyas get wind of that um, and want to try and stop him legally, say they have contracts, try and just hold it up in any way they can. They, but Vern goes, well, he's not going to not do the bookings, so we'll just we'll just make sure that we don't put him over any of those bookings, not realizing that Hogan's just going to leave. Yeah, Hogan left with no jobs, bad times. But the AWA really is well, the important last- because this is, all right, legitimately everything down to the fact that, you know, Mean Gene mm-hmm. saying dude, like the surfer Billy, surfer babyface Billy Graham, Vern Gagne is the one who came up with hulking up. Like, Vern Gagne came up with hulking up. Like, when someone beats you down, you should get so mad you should shake. And that's how you power. And that's, like, your... Yeah, the more you hurt him, the Exactly. They start calling him the Incredible Hulk Hogan. Like, literally every single thing except for the red and yellow is already in place. The other thing that's very important, this is also the beginnings of him and Jesse Ventura's extreme hatred for each other. Mm -hmm. Because Jesse Ventura's opinion, and I disagree on behalf of Jesse Ventura is Jesse Ventura's like that should have been my gimmick I could have done that I thought Jesse Ventura didn't like him because of the whole union thing it was part of that that was where it built up but they apparently Jesse claims it was that Hogan claims he was like that guy never liked me tried to hold me back tried to get my spot in the AWA Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's a contentious relationship. Also, you know, Jesse Ventura is a dick. He did go on the Howard Stern show and claim that um, Hulk Hogan had a tiny penis and um, had a bunch of sex charges that uh, from various territory things that Vince McMahon paid to go away that he had to then stop saying because Vince McMahon apparently, I am sure, called him and was like, say that again and I will own your house. <laughs> well, Jesse Ventura also hosted a show called Conspiracy Theory where... He <laughs> he approaches a bunch of security guards at like a weird government facility and tr- demands they answer questions about a half man, a half ape creature. Oh, Jesse Ventura also <laughs> sued the fucking uh, the FAA because he's like, I shouldn't have to go through airport security. I was a governor. You know, I'm not a terrorist. And they're like, that's not what this is about, Mr. Ventura. Oh, isn't it though? Get out of my emails, Barack. Building seven. Building seven. <laughs> Where did Tower 7 go? Yeah. Um, so, he hulking up comes through this time, the, you know, something dude. And the other thing is, here's the thing, because the Japan bookings, we talked about this in the Vern Gagne episode, but Vern Gagne, 
Like his, be- it goes from, I'm the champion. I know I'll never leave. My best friend is the champion. I know he'll never leave. What's also the other thing that happens in the AWA? What's the term they start using? I don't know. Hulkamania. Oh wow! Start using hate. Everything is set up. So what Vern tries to do. This is true, is he tries to get Hulk Hogan to fuck his daughter. <laughs> he like legit keeps on being like, fuck my daughter. She's got a pussy. You got a dick. He said, and Hulk Hogan's quote was, uh, she had a rocket body, but she had a face like Greg. <laughs> <laughs> so she was hot is what you're saying. But you know what I mean? We've all been there. Yeah, and I've done it. We've all seen the, uh, oh, this, oh, I know that person's, there I was mean, a guy, there was a uh, lady in our high school who a lot of people were like, wow, she looks like Nicole Kidman. I'm like, nah, she looks like my friend Mark, who's her brother. That's <laughs> gross. <laughs> He's weird and he has a pointy face. <laughs> How is every part of your face pointy? This is really bad, but there was a girl that we went to school with and I feel so bad because the entire school, when I say entire school, I mean the entire school called her ape face. Jesus, how'd your mom deal with that? Was <laughs> <laughs> oh, the warlord here? <laughs> um, the entire school called her ape face, and oh boy, do I just, I know that that ape face. Like, and she did look like a monkey. Like, <laughs> like I feel incredibly bad about it, but that also. What's happened when you're black at John's school? Wasn't black, white woman. You're a racist. She was a white person. A white person. Ape face. Jesus Christ. So they start using Hulkamania. He starts hulking up. Of course, he already has the leg drop in place. Um, He's got everything, and it's also- Mean Gene. The only thing they- Literally, the only thing the Fed did was add- Plus, he's American. (laughs) And that doesn't come right away, by the way. That- But can you imagine- Imagine a reality- where Vince McMahon is Vince McMahon now. Because, all right, that's using an AWA thing. Yeah. Which Vince never does anymore. And it's stupid. And it's the thing that defines his company. But to Vince McMahon, he goes, no, we took that from a regional idea and we made it international. Mm-hmm. We marketed it properly. It's like, no, mm-hmm. he was already doing the T-shirt. It's everything Hogan brought to the You team. literally brought a, a more fun color scheme. And you didn't. They didn't get to the red and yellow, by the way, until he didn't do red and yellow consistently, until around WrestleMania three. Yeah, like he was. He would wrestle in white trunks. He'd wrestle in blue trunks. Like he would vary it up. It gets boring though. Seeing the same. I was thinking about this. Seeing the same fucking shit all the time gets so boring. The like I wish per- they would just have different outfits. The only person that I do I don't mind it with is Steve Austin. Everyone else I'd like the very exactly. Like, exactly. I love that Ric Flair. Every single one of his matches, it's a different color scheme. As long as the trunks match the robe, it bugs the shit out of me when he'd walk to the ring in a white robe with red trunks. Go fuck yourself, Rick. Learn how to fucking pack, you drunken idiot. <laughs> well, yeah. So. He Vern does try and make Hogan a part of the family, and the like I said, the weird thing about the history of the AWA and the history of professional wrestling is everything could have been completely different if Vern Gagne's daughter had a better face. <laughs> <laughs> like if Vern Gagne's if Vern Gagne's daughter had 
my fucking face? We'd be talking about AWA's. Uh, I actually, I think Vince would have eventually gotten there. One hundred percent. Well, because it was down. I mean, by all by all accounts, it was uh, down. It was between Hogan and Kerry Von Erich, and I think they could have just made Kerry Von Erich. Like, like he wouldn't pro- have been. He wouldn't have gone as big. It would have been more. He wouldn't have been as internationally. Like it wouldn't have been like Hulk Hogan is. In we watched this in seven years. Uh. Six years. In six years, he is one of the top uh, promos in the history of professional wrestling. Like you can watch absolutely watch nineteen eighty two Hulk Hogan talking to Mean Gene, and you see you see a guy who has to iron out like a couple wrinkles, but like fucking everything is there. Absolutely, and it's insane. It's also, the things that they're building on the other side is is once they know Hogan's coming, yeah. Um, they get very smart in terms of who they're building. They immediately take the belt off. They get ready to take the belt off of Backlund, put it on the Iron Sheik so that he can beat a heel. Um, and it's also a bunch of things. What if the like Iron Sheik had made good and broken his leg in the ring? Because supposedly... Vern Gagne offered $100,000 for him to break his leg. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Hogan was... which. <laughs> Which ho- and then Hogan said that's why it was like such a quick match because they were like yeah, we don't want to think about it yeah and it and it is because he gets him in the camel clutch immediately comes out of that leg drop and then Gorilla Monsoon screams at the top of his lungs uh, Hulkamania is here it's also something that Vince McMahon read a book around this time which I can't remember the name of but it was all about perceptions and advertising and so he d- does certain things which is the announcers said every other wrestler's name but they screamed Hulk Hogan. Okay. So you'd say Roddy Piper and Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Um, Hulk Hogan's name would always appear directly above the WWF logo that said wrestling. So if, if you're a wrestling fan, the the other word you'd read right away is Hulk Hogan. And then, it, so before all the bills would be, the main event would be at the top and the two names would be side by side. And mm-hmm. then if you look at all the Fed uh, card posters, Hulk Hogan's name at the very top and then his opponent underneath. So yeah, everything. So this is what we're saying. Everything is ready for a guy to become one of the most. With a brand, you can say a lot about pro wrestling. As far as a brand of entertainment goes, no one is as tied to pro wrestling and what pro wrestling is. Like no one is as tied to a brand of entertainment. And to that brand of entertainment, sorry, as Hulk Hogan is to professional Completely. wrestling. And I would also say... What like, literally, what does everyone think a wrestler is? A guy on steroids who's racist and from the South. Like, that's... And he fucks his daughter. And he wants to fuck his fucking hot daughter with the same face. The other ability that... I don't think also- fucking your daughter should count if she looks enough like you. Oh, God. The other thing that I will... <laughs> Put that on my tombstone. Very, very important is... My poonstone. <laughs> Look at all these Christmas gifts. Um, my tombstone is gonna have the name of bitches I may squirt. Um, it's gonna be a long tombstone. The other thing that's very important to point out is that also none of the other competition had anyone who remotely looked like Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. which is why Bill Goldberg looks the way he it does. Was because they were like, we need to put someone on our TV that wears black trunks who's bald with a goatee. So if someone's saying, oh, you need to check out this wrestling, 
it's got this guy, Steve Austin, he's got black trunks and a goatee. So if you accidentally turned onto WCW and saw Goldberg, you'd be like, oh, I guess I'm watching that thing my friend was talking about. That's bizarre. But no one could do that with Hulk Hogan because it's like he's this giant muscling guy with a fucking... We need a seven-foot guy who's balding. Yeah, with a handlebar mustache. It's like, no, we have Ric Flair. Like, Ric Flair is such a polar opposite. It's also Hogan's style meant that he went always went over strong while Flair was eking up barely was the champion. The Four Horsemen, I think, won a match. They never fucking won. But here's the other thing, though. Uh, we're we're kind of jumping the gun here. We are. We're, getting we're into laying, part two, but I, I do want to say we're this. We're laying the stage for part two, and we're going to get into all of that next week. Yeah, I do want to say this. Uh, fuck, who was it? Uh, I don't know if it's in the floor, because this is a very important thing and really shapes how Paul Hogan does move in around professional wrestling. Is Vern Gagne also is the one who tells him to no-sell stuff. Interesting. Like... Vern, Vern was the guy who was like, all right, they're going to drop kick you on the fourth drop kick, go to a knee. Yes. And he would be like, no, be oh, you don't, yeah, you don't bump. No, he's like, no, just go to a knee. Like that's because he's taught, oh, no, or, or is that Vince Sr.? It's at, because in Florida, he's taught like you're nothing. You're a six foot eight sack of fucking shit. Yeah. Which I think people need. Like people need. People, you need to have the first couple years Hulk Hogan had where, I we didn't get to this yet, but like where the wild Samoans kick your fucking windows out and get so drunk that- They piss in your car. They piss you, in your car. They get, what is it? He gets pulled over and then they try- pulled over on the Jersey Turnpike. Um, the, they simply don't respond to any of the police officers' questions because they're supposed to be from Samoa. Which leads to them getting arrested. The only person that Vin, or that Hogan knows in the territory is Gorilla Monsoon, who lives. It's in Jersey. He knows Gorilla Monsoon lives in Jersey, so Gorilla Monsoon has to come in and he gets them off. Supposedly, he does something like bribes them to get them fucking mm-hmm. out of there. Like it's fucking crazy. Yeah, but he ru- he rides around. The first couple years is basically him being single. Working because I think the AWA you worked three or four days a week. Yeah. So he's being single, like getting his fucking in the Fed. He's getting his like he's driving around in this girl, his girlfriend's car. Her car, like he's like, oh, I got my girlfriend's car. Like classic, like way, guy you don't respect. That in by high the way, school, where it's like might be Linda's car because Linda he meets when he's out there auditioning for Thunder in Paradise. Th- uh, no, for Thunderlips. Yeah, sorry, Thunderlips. Yeah. So like, I think that might be Linda's car. This was like he's talking about this in like seventy seven, seventy eight. Though. Yeah. Okay. Never mind that. So yeah. yeah and then he like he is with Linda once he goes to the NWA. Yeah. Which is fucking crazy. Yeah, because they married in eighty two, right? and apparently never cheated on her, which I want to believe, but I'm That's like, That's not true. Absolutely not true. That That's guy. not true. He also had a quote when he said when he did, he uh, did a, some talk show with Brooke Shields, and uh, his her mom was around, basically being like, no one. None of you grown-ups try and bang my daughter, who's a sex symbol now. Um, and uh, then his quote about... <laughs> so he was like, then I did Suddenly Susan uh, over a decade later, and uh, that time she was ready to go. <laughs> like, <laughs> Listen, Hulk Hogan, you can't have a sex tape and or <laughs> tape where you say the N-word and then be like, Brooke Shields is a pipe and a hot cake of pussy. pussy. Um, so what's your what's the best thing about Hulk Hogan the first six years of his career? 
I would say it is the oh, what the fuck's it called? Dick. The, the wraparound lariat that he uses in Japan. Axe bomber. I love it. I love a clothesline finishing move. <laughs> you shit. <laughs> That's awful. It's a weird thing to be like, oh, this is Stan Hansen's friend. Also, he has the same finishing move as Stan. But I Hansen like that. Almost. Which is, you'd brought in. He's the prodigy. You'd have a variation on that guy's finishing move. Yes. I like those sort of things. It, it makes it a nice connection. I just also think that, like, as much as everyone loves the leg drop and it's a good dramatic move, I always think, like, get a finisher you can always do. Mm-hmm. Like, Steve Austin, the stunner, it looks brutal. It's crazy that Goldberg can still do the jackhammer and he's in his fucking 50s, but that's also because Bill Goldberg somehow looks the same. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but he was the same. Like, you can't be like, oh, Bill Goldberg's hair... And plus, he's just he's hanging out. He's still doing steroids recreationally. Who knows? Um, I'd say best thing about Hogan during this period is that he's my boyfriend. <laughs> no, it's he clearly he moves so well. He moves so well. Oh. Um, he's like even just watching like some New Japan matches from '81. He just like easily takes a spell outside of the ring, and even I got news for you. Up at, even WrestleMania one, the WrestleMania one match, which we'll cover next week. But he moves and is so much more agile and adds a lot more jeopardy to that match. But this is, he only, because he's on steroids consistently until about, let's say, 90, like when he comes to WCW, so probably 94. Yeah, and then gets right back on 93, 94, That yeah. guy looks so much bigger once he joins the NWO, and he still isn't really, on the I just found Really, so, I just found him to be really, his WCW run I found him to be really lean, like he's so bulky. In the oh my God, 80s he's, run, but he's on so. He's also got a weird body in that he never really gets that cut. He's just big. Yeah, he bulks up really quickly. Um, but yeah, I just want to say he just moved really well, and even with even admittedly, he's just on the most steroids ever. Uh, worst thing about Hogan in this era. Ooh, um, I guess the seeds, like his experience with Nick Bockwinkel, really sows the seeds for the politician he becomes. Yes. I would say it's his cape in the in his first run run in the Fed. He looks like such a douche. Yeah, he. It just yeah, it just really is like he won't lose to anybody or whatever because he's like so used to being fucked out of but shit. But I think, but it's also look at who he's around. He's around Blassie, who Freddie Blassie is a protect your fucking spot guy. Freddie Blassie yeah. only moves off of being the top heel manager in the Fed when he decides to, and that's when they bring Bobby Heenan in. Mm-hmm. Like, he's around politicians. He's around guys that are like, you fucking watch out for number one, and that's you. Yeah, and he's also, he is very much a businessman. Like like we talk about, the fa- when I heard that he took business in college, a lot of him made a lot more sense because it's not like, oh, I got to give back to wrestling. I got to do this for wrestling. He's like, no, fuck this. I'm the only person. I'm on that screen. I'm the one drawing all his money. I got to protect me. I don't give a shit about professional goddamn wrestling. I care about Terry fucking Balea and I care about getting it in. Yeah. He, you know, what's your, what's the worst thing about Hollywood? The KP war in that last <laughs> one, one year in the Fed. Sterling Golden. I fucking hate Sterling Golden. I hate that goddamn cape. All right. Well, that was part one. Now part we're going to do part two next week. And that is Hulkamania. The Hulkamania run in the Fed. Yeah, so basically we're doing 1983 to 1993. Yeah, that 10-year that span. Yeah, and then 
he'll sign with WCW and we'll do that. And then, of course, the end the later is years. the Gawker years. <laughs> oh, God. All right. I love you all. Let's make love. Enjoy this four-part one-year anniversary party. Celebrate, everybody, by opening your windows and yelling, Woo! shut up your fat. Hashtag Lariat. Go fuck Dylan's mom. Why? No, never, she's got never. A total ugly ace face. Everyone. Ace face Hastings is his mom. Ace face Hastings is his mom. Bye bye. Meat grinder. Talk about Mr. Bass for a minute. Uh, one of the most tragic events in his life is just about to take place this Monday when I get my hands on him. There's just been a little bit of a problem. Where we come from, there's a bad junkyard dog in Port Tampa, you know, and he was always beating on all the little dogs and biting on their ears and everything. And all of a sudden, a little bit bigger dog came along. And last Monday in Memphis, my brother dropped so many eyes, I mean so many elbows, on uh, Mr. Bass's head that his eyes kind of look like goofy grape, you know. <laughs> well, now Mr. Bass is running scared because the big dog's good on him. Well, there's just a little bit bigger dog that's after you, brother, and that's me. And this Monday night in Memphis, Daddy, when I get a hold of you, Mr. Bass, I'm going to take you and bury your head right in the mat, brother. I'm going to teach you a little bit of a wrestling lesson and a little respect for these good people around here. And I'm going to put the super southern squeeze on you, Daddy. And when I get done with you, brother, I'm going to squeeze all that meanness out of you and all those bad ways you have. And I'm going to turn you over to these people in Memphis and let them whip on you a little bit after you're down and out. That's a promise I'm going to make to everybody here. And I'm going to have my running shoes on. So if you plan on running one more time from me, I'm coming after you. And if I catch you in the dressing room, I'm going to drag you all the way back out to the ring. And a lot of folks that I don't want mad at me, but this is the one that I for sure don't want mad at me. Uh, the Hulk and his brother Eddie Bowler will be right there Monday night. Good luck to you down there, you guys, and we'll be looking for it. Okay, Terry and Eddie, and uh, we've got more wrestling action coming up. Fans, action resumes after the in St. Paul, and plenty of good seats are available. They can be purchased in block form for the closed circuit TV. And that closed circuit TV will run simultaneous with the action in the Civic Center. Hulk Hogan, come on in. So much talk about your bout. Lord James Blair's to officiate when you meet Nick Bockwinkle for the world's heavyweight champion. You know something, Mean Gene? It's now or never. Hulkamania's running wild, and it's 83. And you know something? I came out here a few weeks ago. I was a little depressed. And I asked my people, I said, get behind me one more time, and we'll get the job done. Well, Mean Gene, they came out in masses. Check them out. Look at them, Daddy. They're here. The tickets, it's a sellout. And you know something? Everybody's going to get to see it because now there's closed circuit. But the thing is, Mean Gene, I asked. And they stepped out. They came out, and I received. Now the burden's on me. The Hulkster's ready. I'm walking tall. I'm trained. I'm prime ready in condition. I can look my people right in the eye. And that's the way I'm going to keep it, because now it's up to me to get the job done. You know, I don't know if the fans realize how important this closed-circuit television is, but again, I want to repeat, it gives everybody the opportunity to simultaneously see you meet Nick Bockwinkle for that World's Heavyweight Championship and a lot of people in different parts of the world. You know something, Gene, more important than that, this is going to be the shot to turn around the world. When I beat this man this time, when I hang on to the belt, that is what's going to be heard around the world. And you know something? We've got a special referee, Lord James Weirs, right down the middle, and unbiased officials, the way he's going to see it. But there's one thing. Mr. Bobby the Bain, Brain Heenan, you know something? I get my eye on you, and there's going to be 19,000, 20,000 in the arena, and you better keep your nose out of my business. 
because it's mine now. I thank you very much, the incredible Hulk Hogan. Oh, look at this very big and popular man, Wally Carbo. Wally the same Paul Auditorium is sold out on a telecast, right? By Monday or Tuesday, we will know if we will have a telecast at the Minneapolis Auditorium. Wally Carbo. You better get the telecast. It's going to be wide open, Wally Carbo. Everybody wants to see Bachwinkle go down. And this is the time right now. All right, of course, 10,000 seats for that closed circuit telecast at the Auditorium in St. Paul. And if that goes, they'll...